Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer, and I am joined by Justin and Raj. And folks, we were also joined by a whole bunch of people in the crowd the Thunderdome era is over. Long live the crowd era again. So good to be back on the show with you guys, getting ready to chat all about WWE Monday Night Raw here on Wrestling Inc. But before we get all started with that, first off, let's chat about how you guys are doing. Raj, we'll start with you, jet setting around the world and uh, taking a few weeks off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the week before was uh, was something else, uh, and uh, just a golf round for the Fourth of July, and Monday was the only time we could get it. So uh, then last week was we were in Hawaii. It was our first big trip in two years, and so um, yeah, it was awesome. But I had a lot of wrestling to catch up on when I got back. But I gotta say, it was the easiest catching up on wrestling because. AEW had the crowd. It was really good. I thought SmackDown was fantastic uh, this past Friday. And then Money in the Bank uh, last night. I, I, mean, I was you know jet lagged and then watched that show and I thought it was just awesome. I thought Money in the Bank was one of the best pay-per-views they've done in a while. The fans, obviously a big part of that, but uh, just in general, I thought it was really, really good. And then, yeah. and then there's tonight, which we'll get yeah. to. Yeah, if, if you miss uh, like just a couple days of wrestling, you are very behind very quickly these days. Uh, but you're right, the crowd's back. It's I think it's been so much better. But uh, Justin, how do you feel? Uh, I mean, it's certainly not the painstaking experience that the Thunderdome was. I mean, this was probably at least the most captivated I've been on a Monday night in a year and a half. I mean, that doesn't, that's not to say that I didn't get angry, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I didn't have a I didn't have a Sunday night or a Monday night cocktail last night or tonight, and I'm starting to regret my lifestyle change here on the Sunday and Monday night of not having that to cope with because there's a lot to deal with here. Yeah, I wish I would have had some cocktails tonight. Because... Yeah, I I will say that uh, this was definitely an, an episode of high highs and low lows is how I will phrase it for me personally. Uh, I'm a pretty positive guy, but there were definitely some very low lows at certain Look, points it, in this episode. It, if I told you, um, if I told you Keith Lee returns, Karrion Cross makes his debut, Jeff Hardy's back with his old No More Words theme, Goldberg appears, um, you, you have the world champion doing an open challenge, uh, Money in the Bank cash-in, that sounds like a no-lose show. Yeah. But then you see <laughs> what they did with all that. And, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's we're going to I think we're going to there's going to be some conversation today. This is going to be an episode for anyone who's tuning in. You're going to you picked a good one. I think uh, I want to start real quick with Jax in the chat, by the way, uh, says four way with Charlotte, Rhea, Becky and Nikki SummerSlam is his prediction. Uh, spicy prediction there. Um, we will see. I don't know if you guys have any quick thoughts on that before we get into the show. We'll get there. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I'll just say I think... Oh, go ahead, Justin. No, no, please, go ahead. Uh, Becky, I just feel like if she when she comes back, um, 
I just think it needs to be a singles match. They just feel b- bigger than a multi-person. Um, so I think it should be one-on-one. But uh, it's not like they built anyone up so so much that it would be an ideal opponent other than on SmackDown with Bianca and Sasha. I guess you could do Charlotte again. I just feel like we've seen that a lot. As everybody filters in here, I want to stretch on that perspective that Raj just gave us a second ago before Jack's question. Think about this. And this is for everybody coming in. This is your teaser to hang on for the next hour with us. Think about this. On the same episode where John Cena returns to Raw, Goldberg appears, Karrion Cross makes his debut, and if I and, and if you were to ask me, oh, what's going to be in the main event spot? None of that. Nikki Cross <laughs> cashes in on Money in the Bank as a fucking superhero. <laughs> Done. Uh, I don't know if you guys got my email. I told you guys that that was actually happening tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, We'll talk about that. uh, I saw that. I was like, oh boy. It's hard not to, it's hard not to, even as a super fan, uh, echo a little bit of what Justin's saying here. Uh, Joshua in the chat says, uh, Karen Cross, Keith Lee, and any other NXT talent. Vince, why? What is your problem with NXT talent? Stop fixing them. They were good before. Uh, stellar Justin Lopez also adds, I feel this cash in was done to give the crowd a feel good moment and also help pad Charlotte's stats as she approaches number 16. I have some thoughts on that and we'll talk about the, the old uh, number of the titles because there was some interesting uh, math going on with them that they kind of changed up a little bit. But um, I feel like people have kind of settled in. They've found their seats. Uh, they're ready for the show. Are you guys ready to talk about some WWE Raw? Let's get to it. <laughs> I can't hear this side. You guys want to talk about WWE Raw? Uh, well, let's start with the start of the show. John Cena, your time is up. My time is now. Fellas, we didn't appreciate this man while we had him week in and week out. We were spoiled by him doing the damn thing so consistently with such energy and emotion. One of the all-time best, and dare I say potentially, eventually the best. But for now, he has officially challenged Roman Reigns for the title, and we get to talk about it before the SmackDown crew does. So take that, SmackDown crew. But this is going to be a huge match at SummerSlam. Either we're going to get the 17th title reign for John Cena or Roman Reigns is going to beat one of the all-time best there's ever been. I think this is a huge way to open the show, a huge match for SummerSlam. As a fan, I feel like this is win, win, win. Before we get into all the other stuff, Raj, we'll start with you. How did you feel about this opening? I love the Cena promo. You know, that Cena rain stuff last night just felt like the biggest stuff in WWE in, in years. I'm trying to even think of something that felt that big. Uh, it's been a long time. So I thought they did a fantastic job last night. You know, it, it kind of leaked that Cena was going to be there. But if you weren't online, you, you probably wouldn't have seen it. I, it, it. This crowd just went insanely nuts. The crowd tonight started off hot. And WWE managed to get him quiet pretty quickly and stay quiet for the most of the night. But I thought Cena was great. And then when he Riddle came out and they did the bro stuff, I don't. that took me out of it. I thought... Really? Keep... Cena with Reigns on that, and and I don't know. I just thought that was just it took me out. I thought I, I could see some people liking it, but it wasn't for me, bro. The uh, bro off. The bro off. Uh, 
Fair. We'll, uh, we'll get to that in the next segment. But uh, Justin, starting the show off, I feel like there's so much energy with John Cena that we don't get to see as often. And I, I missed it. Every time he comes out, I'm like, I missed this. I didn't realize how good he was when he was around. Yeah, it's a it's a hot start. You know, you turn, you know, the hour changes. You get John Cena's out there. A great start. I expect this to be the best first hour overall viewership that Rawls had in a long time. And this is the longest absence, the longest gap of time that John Cena's ever gone and not being on a Monday Night Raw in his, um, you know, almost twenty year career, which is which is, you know, remarkable to say. Um, look, he sold the business of of, of the of the match at SummerSlam with Roman Reigns, challenging Roman Reigns. Um, you know, he satisfied he satisfied both masters. He showed up because I wondered. He showed up last night at Money in the Bank, and I'm like, all right, this is a, a match on a, this is a SmackDown match. But we've heard the bickering already between SmackDown and USA of like who's getting what. So it gets him out there in USA to have that first appearance, so USA can be happy. But of course, he says he's going to show up with SmackDown to you know actually be face to face with Roman. So he's serving everybody's masters. And uh, you know, I'm I, I disagree with Raj. I thought it's a nice little babyface rub for Matt Riddle. I I am completely fine with John Cena coming back and being in the box office match against a Roman Reigns. That is the you know I said at the beginning of the summer that is one of the biggest realistic matches you can deliver on this larger than normal SummerSlam, but I do like it if they can sneak little tiny rubs in and having Matt Riddle, who is certainly one of the baby faces they're setting up a long-term future for, just something as stupid as the bro-off is just a nice little, you know, hey, this is this is a guy you all should pay attention to. And, and, and let me, let me uh, expound on that. I agree. Like, I, I'm all for, you know, Cena spreading that Cena dust around, and Riddle would probably be the guy I'd pick uh, on this show. But just what they did... Especially because Riddle has had some really funny stuff with Orton. And I just thought what they did just was cringy. But I, I do think, I, I do agree that uh, them doing something together, I'm definitely all for that. You know, I said last time I was on this show, I said that I thought Matt Riddle is could potentially be one of the guys going forward, not just a, a player, but like a big time part of the show going forward. And I feel like this was John Cena signing off on him. I felt similar to when he came back uh, last time and he got in the ring with Becky Lynch and they did some stuff together. I felt like this was sort of him saying this is signing off on you and that this could be a sign that Matt Riddle's got big things coming for him in the future. If I'm reading the tea leaves here. But uh, that led us to the uh, first... real quick. Uh, let's yeah. grab oh, a couple of these super it. chats real quick. Yeah. So we got... Uh-huh. Uh, Christian James Cauldron says, poor Charlotte. She has been cashed on three times, Carmella, Bailey, and Nikki A.S.H. Hey, if you're going to be the champion a hundred times, you're going to lose the title a hundred times. That's what I say. Uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't believe any sentence that starts with poor Charlotte. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, and we have uh, Stephen uh, Mercaselli. Um, Treat the cross loss as a dream. Think Bobby from Dallas Glenn would be proud of that reference. Bobby from Dallas. Uh, Glenn would be proud of that. L- cross loss was a dream. Uh, I would say it was probably a nightmare for some people, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, we definitely are going to chat all about that. I do want to say, um, as again, as we move forward, that uh, Matt Riddle segment led into a six-man tag team match, and I thought this was a fun way to start the show. I thought everyone looked great. It was a fun way to throw in a bunch of tag teams together. Uh, And even though it wasn't wildly important, it was still a fun way to kick off the show. The story of the match, though, Matt Riddle made it look like Miz sprayed Omos, and uh, that caused Omos to attack Morrison and give the Viking Raiders and Matt Riddle the win. 
Justin, at Money in the Bank, the crowd loved AJ. Do you think this is WWE sort of repositioning him with uh, their team looking like they might go up against Morrison and Miz? Maybe. I mean, AJ and Omos were over, and I, I noted that last night. They were definitely, um, you know, the fans were in. I mean, the fans are into AJ because he's just just so immensely talented. And then I think Omos, just you know, larger in life guy, and I thought is progressing nicely for a guy who hasn't had a lot of TV matches. And, and last night, and then again tonight, some of the more complex matches where he's got to be on his mark and and timing is, is key. Yeah, you know, they obviously they did kind of tease a little bit that maybe they, they would veer off and, and be on the babyface side of things against uh, Morrison and Miz. But I still think, and I think the reason you had Riddle on the opposite side, I still think you're leading to the best SummerSlam tag match you can come up with would be AJ and Omos versus RK Bro. So, you know, maybe they decide to pivot and they decide to add and make it a triple threat tag team or four, maybe the Viking Raiders in there. Now it's a four-way tag team. Um you know, so we'll see. But yeah, Omos and AJ definitely not the hardline heels that this started out as. Yeah, and and Raj, that just when you said Raj leads me to a question for you. Riddle does seem to be doing a lot of stuff on his own lately, but always tied to that tag team division. Uh, do we know, or do we think Randy Orton's coming back soon? I have no idea what's going on with Randy Orton. Is that stuff something that we know about or can talk about, or is he coming back soon? No idea. Um, you know, I. I would have assumed he'd be back by SummerSlam, and then, then you know, it definitely makes sense to do RK Bro versus AJ and Omos. But yeah, no idea. It, they didn't really hint to that tonight. You know, we still got a, a little ways before SummerSlam, but um, you know, my my only thing is tonight. I was hoping we'd kind of reshuffle the deck completely, and uh, we've seen a variation of AJ and Omos versus the Viking Raiders. This is at least the fourth time now in the last, you know few weeks um I, I i was just hoping they we we just get fresh up and down and instead it was rematches or variations of the same matches we've been seeing just in front of a live crowd i mean geez freaking yeah. sheamus versus humberto Carrillo again which as you know outside when sheamus was injured that's been happening since may so. Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought of it similar because I agree. I would have loved to have seen this totally shuffled and all new. I kind of got the vibe like, you know, when you watch a reality show and you come back from commercial break, they show you what you just saw right before you went to commercial break. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how we like coming out of the Thunderdome. They're like, well, this is what we were doing. Now we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just remind you where we were at before they, we go on again. They and this they did this last night too. WWE does have even more so than normal because it's, it's in a three hour raw. They'll they'll show us what happened in the first hour several times on to you know try to educate anybody who might be tuning in. But they are they are treating these shows like they have some real new viewers. Cause like they did it last night with Charlotte showing you know times that she had won over the years and um, you know they showed even tonight with Jeff Hardy later on they showed him uh, you know a. a, a still shot of him doing the swanton to win the world title in 08 armageddon um so they they definitely do feel like they're having like a harder reset of trying to educate like like some real new fans here with the way that they're presenting things yeah it'd be interesting how the ratings do because smackdown was up huge i mean they they did 2.31 million viewers best uh audience in in uh gosh uh, since january so sick over six months and uh and and their demo rating it was let me double check here but i believe it was a 0.66 which was also yeah. their their biggest rating in that demo since uh since january so um i thought going into tonight with the talk of the surprises and uh 
and everything that this would and John Cena being back, I thought it would do huge, but I just you know, we'll get to it, but as the show yeah. went on, it just felt like more and more of just the same, but now in front of fans. Yeah, it's definitely, um, uh, I, I would say this, this will be interesting, but I think next week's ratings will be more interesting because this will obviously have the, the appeal of the fans back, but what will happen after, okay, we've seen it. Do I want to keep watching? Yeah. Uh, in the chat, King Rail says, brothers, I expected this whole different kind of raw. Uh, wasn't the worst, but expected better. Uh, like I said, I, 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 I had some personal highs and lows during watching this one. Uh, Travis Huffman says, Goldberg returns, Karrion Cross plus Keith Lee ruined, Nikki A.S.H. is champ, better as Cross before, Riddle is in the way, fans are back, but Raw is gonna Raw. Um, something I think about as the fans come back, and, oh, and it looks like we also have uh, Adam uh, So Tokyo says, did you guys see that Braun has new merch on the WWE shop? Any word on him re-signing? Um, I guess, fellas, any thoughts on those comments and any any news on the Braun Strowman WWE shop stuff? Yeah, I'm sorry, it took me a second to find it. Um, yeah, I was wondering when I saw that if it was a case of if they had merch for him that they never released and they just wanted to get rid of it. Because it seems very odd that they would put it up before he returns. Um, or maybe it was just a uh, an error and he's coming back and maybe he'll be back on SmackDown. So... Um. Yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, that that did happen. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see the merch thing, but I mean, into the raw is gonna raw thing. Raw is always gonna raw as long as it's three hours. You can, again, if if you took if you took all the content that we have, if you if it's boiled down into two hours, this is a much more enjoyable two hours. But it's the same thing. You're never. I mean, you could have you could have Scorsese and Spielberg there. You can't. You just can't do compelling three hours with 15 commercial breaks every single week. It's just not gonna work. Yeah, I mean, the best thing would be if somehow Fox got raw. But, you know, because because of local news, it would have to end within two hours. But I, I really don't see Fox uh, ever doing that on a Monday night uh, unless they change the night and having two nights at WWE. And then what would probably happen is then SmackDown would go somewhere else and that would become three hours. So we're back to where we are. Yeah, so um, it's probably going to be that way for a very long time but uh you know as we mentioned um uh and then uh there's another one in there uh i don't see that one but uh king rail says uh when is wwe going to realize we have grown up gimmicks like vikings red cups and dad riding piggyback just isn't it i'd rather see a team fight over who gets the vaccine (laughs) the belts at this point than belts at this point um i mean i i I get to I obviously do agree what you're saying. I think you got to think about what the audience they're playing to when it comes to the guys like the Viking Raiders, though. Personally, I don't know if you guys have any opinion on the the gimmicks and things like that, but that kind of stuff. I always think, even with the drip stick, it's maybe not for me, but I bet that there's kids that love it. Yeah, I, I mean, they do got to appeal to kids. I mean, you know, Viking Raiders, similar gimmick in NXT, but way different. You know, mm-hmm. they're 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 war machine, and and they're a lot more. Uh, intense and and now they're kind of funny and eating turkey legs but you know to that point they do that have that kid audience and um yeah they 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 serve a lot of masters whereas if you look at a show like aew they have one target audience really it's like that 18 to 49 you can see that's all they really care about they're not trying to even though they're selling toys and stuff they're not trying to appeal to kids and do kitty stuff whereas you know wwe is at least the main roster is they're trying to serve all of that 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was going to say, yeah, speaking of the main roster and people returning, uh, I know it, it happened earlier. It, it, it happened on SmackDown. But uh, I wanted to mention, I did think that Vincent Mann coming out and just saying, where the hell have you been, was one of my favorite intros to a show in, in so long. And it reminded me of uh, how Vince McMahon has a painting in his house of himself. And my dad and I, we'd watch, we, we heard about that. We always would make fun of it and laugh about it. So I thought it would be fun to get a picture of him painted and and uh, send it to him, but I was and I was looking up how I could do that, and I thought it was going to be super expensive. But I actually came across a place called PaintYourLife.com, and it was exactly what I was looking for. I thought it was going to be really expensive, like I said, but it's actually pretty affordable. This place, and uh, they make it so everything's customizable, and it's really cool. And uh, they give you kind of a truly meaningful gift you can give to people. So I always say you've got to try PaintYourLife.com now. Uh, you get professional hand-painted portraits created from any photo at a truly affordable price. You can send any picture, yourself, your kids, family, maybe a, a place you visited, a pet, anything like that. You can combine photos into one painting, choose from a team of world-class artists, and work with them until they get every detail perfect. It's a quick and easy process to get a hand-painted portrait in about three weeks I was blown away by the quality of the painting I got uh, at paintyourlife.com. There's no risk if you don't love the final painting. Your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, there's a limited time offer. You get 20% off of your painting. That's right, 20% off with free shipping. To get this special offer, you text the word WRESTLING to 64000. That's WRESTLING to 64000. Text WRESTLING to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text WRESTLING to 64000. Uh, Raj, uh, we were chatting before we got on. You've uh, checked this place out as well. Yeah, I've used it. And uh, actually, I can show you. Uh, the one we had recently done of our family. Here's a here's one we got done at paintyourlife.com, uh, right. and we had been in in our bedroom. We had this wall, and we we're just trying to find artwork for this wall. Over the years, we just keep changing it out, and just haven't been able to find anything. Then we got this, and it was perfect, and we love it. This is the proof that they sent, uh, and it, like what what you said, they they contact you. Uh, they send you a proof. You go back. You, you say if there's a, a part that doesn't look quite right or doesn't you know quite match the photo, you send it back to them. They make the alterations, and you go back and forth if you need to uh, until it's perfect. And and we love it. And it's perfect in our in our bedroom where you know where we've been looking for something forever. It's a cool gift. Um, yeah, I was trying to get it done. Uh, I wanted to get it done for Mother's Day, but I got so busy it ended up you know. Uh, but I. It's a belated Mother's Day gift, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great it's really cool. It's a really cool idea. Yeah, and I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm a terrible gift giver. I always struggle with coming with this, up with this stuff. It's so easy to go there. You send them some pictures. You say make it a cool painting. You get it back, and suddenly you look like a superstar because you came up with this beautiful piece of artwork. It's a really cool thing, especially if you're like me and you just have trouble finding gifts for people and you want something that feels personal, looks great, and isn't crazy expensive, especially with that big discount. Jack, I want to see proof that they can accurately paint the volume of your hair. <laughs> I got to I gotta pay extra for the top to be uh, increased. 
so yeah, I definitely recommend everyone check that out. Um, and uh, we got another chat. Jonathan Clayton, by the way, in the chat says, longtime viewer, and I usually don't disagree with anyone's view of Raw, but I think y'all have this episode wrong. Was there live? Wasn't boring at all. Uh, well, first I didn't think it was boring. No, it's not boring. Yeah, the opening of the show, I said this is the most captivated Monday Night Raw in a year and a half. Captivated is is captivated, but that doesn't mean that you like everything. It's just you're kind of like you got an opinion about everything, which is good. It's good for the show. Yeah, and and like I mentioned earlier, if I ran down the separate things that happen on the show, you're just like, wow, that's that's a lot to happen. That's a pretty loaded show, but. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll keep getting to it. Well, and again, that's kind of the beauty of, of wrestling. You can hate things. You can love things. I think, Justin, you nailed it with it being captivating. Because, yeah, there were certain things I was like, oh, I was devastated this happened. But there are other things. This was great. And it, I was absolutely, the whole time, even through the end, and we'll talk about the end. Uh, but it, it was really, like, I was, even though the match was at the end was a match we'd seen before. Let's just talk about it. Charlotte uh, Flair versus Rhea Ripley in yet another rematch. Look, this whole match, it was. I thought it was a really good match, but the match, we, we were waiting for what the end was. That's why I thought this was a, an okay way to end the match. I mean, maybe or end the show, maybe not with some of the other bigger stuff they have. But in general, I think that this was an okay way to end because we were waiting for the end of this match. And the story is Nikki A.S.H., the new champ, she cashes in. Feel good ending. The the persona change pays off big here. Uh, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on Nikki Ash as the champion. And we'll I mean, start with uh, Justin. Uh, I, I don't mind. I, I mean, I don't. I, I said this before. I don't mind this Nikki character trying, especially you know, it's it's something that she's pitched apparently. Like that's fine. I guess I'm just a little thrown at like. Well, first off, why why did they not even just decide? To, why why not do this last night? Mm-hmm. Have her win, and then you know a little bit later on, uh, have her cash in on that same night. I, I mean, unless unless they felt because again, in our in our running joke here that Raj and I are doing, it's not like they had any shortage of things that could have, you know, been the anchored spot to go off the air with that would have again been like you know a talking point. So this just seemed like a as as you have this entire crowd chanting for Becky, two nights in a row, and to leave an open hole like this for this to be what you choose to end with. Um, that's the head scratching part to me. I, I have nothing against Nikki. I'm just more head scratching about the just the women's division in general on Monday night at the moment. That that was actually my hang up was that yeah everyone wanted Becky and it, nothing against Nikki but no one else is Becky and it kind of put her in a spot where it was going to feel a little flat regardless. I think uh, Raj, do you have an opinion on on that? Be- whether it be Becky or Nikki Ash or. Nikki A.S.H., I should say. I, I could see how like people seeing this match in the main event would think there's a good chance that Becky's coming. Because Becky herself has been teasing. Uh, you know, She t- showed herself at the Dickies Arena last night, which was where Money in the Bank took place. And you know, I think WrestleMania, she was uh, at the gym where WrestleMania was taking place. So uh, you know, she's hinted at it. I think it's pretty safe to say if she's hinting at it, she's not going to be there. Uh, when she shows up, it'll probably be a complete surprise. But eh, I don't know. I just this character. I mean, we'll just have to see if fans respond because I'm, I'm personally not a big fan of it. Um, you know, I would have much rather. I, I thought Liv Morgan. You just saw how the fans were responding to her last night. Uh, I thought they were telling a good story, and and that would have meant more as opposed to this. Almost feels like comedy, but. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, for the last thing on the show, this loaded 
kind of a comedy thing. It, it's it was fine. It, it, I, I don't have a problem with it. But uh, and and Justin, to your point, again, it's that three hours. They just need a way to kind of repeat stuff the next day and 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 fill you know kill time. The uh, something I noticed watching this and, and something I just kind of realized is when you look at Nikki had the case for t- about 24 hours and the last person that had it, Oscar had it for about 24 hours. And the person that got it before that was Bailey. She did it the same night. The ladies don't like to wait. They like to get business done right away. They don't do the thing that the guys do where they hold on to it for months and months. They just like to cash in. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I think uh, that's, I think that tells you what you need to know about. The the, the create the, the booking in general is like oh the women's money to make here's our get out of jail quick card we need to make, <laughs> right. we you know they don't they, there is no long term plan this is a the, the quick the quick out yeah well uh, in the chat real quick we have King Rail says Jack a terrible gift giver uh, laughs Jack looks like the guy oh, in wait, the picture hold on one that second. Uh, one second oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry I had to. to... <laughs> we gotta pull it up okay there we go uh the guy in the picture that jack looks like the guy in the picture that comes with the frame i should be getting royalties if that's right. the case um <laughs> and then uh, i gotta call the frame companies uh and then we also have in the chat uh brian out and says hey guys probably haven't got it yet but it was good to see keith lee back sucks that he lost and lastly it's time to let the alexis bliss gimmick end please stay safe 2021 um i agree 100 percent yeah, that is well, uh well, I mean, we'll get to Keith uh, Lee here soon, but I mean, I got to say this about Alexa. Uh she was arguably the most over of the women in the match last night. So, I mean, we we've been in close set, you know, bickering about the magic and how hokey or what are we doing here? Is it why is she still this extension of the of the the fiend stuff, but the fans were all about her last night. But I think it's because they still see her as a star. She's been a star for a long time. Because when she did her magic, the fans groaned. And before they, luckily, they kept it short because as it was starting to turn, they kind of you know went away from it, like the the spot with Zelina Vega on the ladder. So um, the the thing I've always said about Alexa Bliss is I feel like as as a performer, she's doing a great job of d- running with what they have here. I just the controlling people's mind stuff. And uh, there was a funny line from Cole last night where he literally said, Asuka stopped her from using powers, I guess. And I, I wrote that down. I just thought it was a funny, like, even he was kind of like, I guess. I don't know. He stopped her from using powers. Wasn't uh, she dropping like the ceiling on Shayna Baszler that one time at the end of Raw? Couldn't she have just dropped the, the briefcase and run out, had everyone under hypnosis and. Yeah. You know, it's it's just, her magic is very inconsistent. Uh, but like I said, I will say I think that she she plays the role well. I think she like if yeah. we're just talking about how she does it, what she was given, she does a good job with it. I just, again, I just her performances are good yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, and since we're talking about her, let's just talk about the segment they had real quick with uh, Eva Marie and Dewdrop. Um, this this one to me again it didn't land for me i i i wasn't i'm not a fan of their backstage stuff with this uh justin do you have any opinions on today's uh showing with dewdrop and eva marie and lily being back yeah i didn't like the segment at all and i and i like all the participants in it i'm overall a supporter of bliss and i'm a supporter of eva but i yeah and i don't i I don't like this at all i don't like it when it was bray i don't like i don't like people being able to come to the playground into the fun house. It's supposed to be a world and a place that's only, like, I just don't, I don't like how Dewdrop and even Marie are able to walk onto the 
playground set. I just I hate it. It just it, it, that I can't get past. And this segment did nothing for me. Were we not supposed to hear the crowd during this segment? Because I felt I couldn't. I didn't hear it. Like when she said Lily's back, I heard absolutely nothing from the crowd. I don't know if that was intentional or if the crowd didn't react. Actually, uh, uh, Clayton in the chat, you said you were there. Did people react when Lily came back? Because on TV, at least maybe on my TV, I didn't. It sounded like there was you could hear a pin drop in there when she said Lily was back. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I'm the same way. I and and to your point Justin, I'm I'm the same way. I I, I really like all the the people in the segment as segment separately. Like Alexa, I don't like the magic, but I like Alexa. Um and, and even Marie I think is great at what she does and Dewdrop, you know, I I think has been I, I, I hate that name, but it's I we see where they're going with it. Um but yeah, this is no I don't know if you watched the old funeral parlor segments back in the day with Paul Bearer. This this is not that with the the playground. So I, the sooner they do away with it, the better. But um, and we will see where it goes. But uh, King Rail in the chat says, "Does Nikki need Hurricane as a manager? Seems like all she may be missing to really get the crowd all in." Hashtag superhero in training. Uh, it feels like that makes sense to me for that, but I don't know if she needs it. But I mean, it would be an automatic matchup, I would think. No, that's that's a fun thing you can do for like. An intergender rumble spot. The fun thing you can do the next time you do the throwback raw, and you have her, you have a reason to have Shane Helms dressed up as Hurricane, but that's not something we need to book week weekly. Yeah, it's like a yeah, I I, I agree. It's fun for a spot here and there. It, it just I don't know the superhero stuff. It just feels mid card to me, and it not, not what the the championship should be. And mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's still I'm I'm kind of surprised they went with it because. Nikki, when she came out for the Money in the Bank, I mean, it was crickets when she came out. Now, they did pop when she, she won. But other than that, um, I, I kind of feel like they need to give it a little more time to see, you know, if fans are into this character. Money in the Bank cash, and they're always going to pop for her. But, um, yeah, it seems a little soon. Yeah, that always seems to be the issue with the women's division is they don't really have a mid like any mid card stuff going on. It's just whoever's really fighting for the title. And even when someone new comes up, they never really build them up. It's just kind of here they are. They're in that shot spot, whether they win or lose, but that's all there really is. That seems that they really build to. Um, and uh, Clayton in the chat responded. He said the crowd was dead for the whole segment. So it wasn't just my TV. Um, and any final thoughts on the match between, I guess from Charlotte and Rhea Ripley's standpoint. Um and uh, Jonathan in the in the chat uh, clarifies: crowd was dead the whole segment, not over at all. Okay, Thank, thanks, Jonathan. Um, I thought the match itself was good. I mean, these two are really good together. Like, I thought they had an awesome match last night. Um, and, I thought, and I thought they they worked really hard tonight. Uh, you know, obviously when they did that cheap DQ at the end, you knew something had to be coming. And uh, yeah, I think if you're expecting Becky, it's a it's a bit of a disappointment. But if you weren't expecting anything and thought that was it, it's a it's a cool little surprise. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about another surprise. Let's talk about an open challenge from the world champion Bobby Lashley. Uh, we get a returning Keith Lee, and I'm sure we've got a lot to say about Keith Lee, and we'll talk about that. But I want to first talk about the big surprise that happened afterwards. Say it with me, Goldberg. 
go. I was so pumped to see Goldberg back. I don't care if he's 150. I'm going to be excited every time he comes back. And I'm going to say this. Folks on Twitter, they're always complaining about him coming back. But did you hear the crowd when his music hit? They loved it. They ate it up. Goldberg is back looking like he's going to take on Bobby Lashley. How are you guys feeling? Justin, we'll start with you about the man coming back to Raw. I can't deny the pop he got. I don't know if that's going to sustain for however many more times he's on TV prior to SummerSlam. Um, look, I, I get it. You're trying to find big, again, big box office marquee names. And, you know, I don't get excited because I, I get excited for Brock because I do think Brock's a draw. And I also believe Brock, like, he, he wants to get paid, but he's still, like, wants to put on a good match he wants to put over help who's in the ring like, i believe like brock cares as, as as much gruff of a of a exterior that we have with brock and he's so protected doesn't do interviews i still believe brock like loves to be there i genuinely don't believe goldberg loves to be there he is getting paid in his 50s again what is it two matches a year they got to do so they're obligated to find that spot for him where can we get the most return on our investment for whatever millions are paying him i don't feel that he's passionate about doing it i don't feel like he was really ever passionate about doing it you know, we all got caught up in the moment back in the 98. It was great, but I don't feel like he's passionate. So I don't get overly excited. All I can hope for here is that this is going to just create a perfect transition for a Big E cash-in. Because if they've decided, okay, you know, we're done with Bobby Lashley as champion, so but we need him to have a match at SummerSlam. We need a big opponent. If they couldn't get Brock or if they don't want Brock to be the one who beats them because they're not ready to have Brock as a champion again, the only thing I can hope for, Goldberg wins, and then Big E can get credibility by beating the hall of famer goldberg by cashing in and the fans will probably eat it up because i think biggie biggie's gonna be more over in vegas than goldberg is but i just i don't i don't believe in goldberg's passion i don't and i hate that he just pops up and he gets a challenge every time for a match and he's done bupkis i think i mean biggie has said goldberg's a dream match but i i don't think goldberg should be beating lashley i think lashley beats goldberg and then if biggie cashes in then you know so be it i agree with you justin in the sense that um i don't think Goldberg should every time he comes back, he's automatically put in a title match. Uh, even though you know he lost his last, he lost like his last three matches. If mm-hmm. or Braun and uh, Braun and Drew at least. So I, you know, I think I was a big, huge Goldberg fan in the, in the late nineties. I still get a kick out of him when he's out. I think his promos are different. You know, he's kind of got that Sam Elliott, the old gunslinger. So I I think there's a spot for him, just not at the top, just not in the world title picture. Now, you had Cedric Alexander, who for like two weeks was doing that legend killer thing, uh, you know, like he's beaten the legends. What if you had kept that up and you had Goldberg versus Cedric Alexander at SummerSlam? At least it gets Cedric on the card. It does something. It plays into a storyline. You still have Goldberg win, but just... That automatically elevates Cedric up some, as long as it's not a total squash. And, and it, it just mixes it up with the younger guys. And and you keep, you know, you don't sacrifice a Keith Lee to build a match with Goldberg. Um, and and Keith Lee will, you know, again, we'll get well, to that yeah. in a second. But um, so I, I'm all for using Goldberg here and there, but not in, in this world title picture. Well, yeah, you mentioned something I did want to mention or talk about is Goldberg. You're right. He's been kind of on a losing streak. If anything, if he loses to Lashley again, is he kind of done for us at this point? Can he lose three times in a row and then come back in six months or whatever for WrestleMania and still matter? Yeah, because 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 he's not defined by 
you know, when, when we hear his music and the, and the people that pop tonight in Dallas, they're not popping thinking about what the last match he had in WWE now. Every time the music hits, you're thinking about that streak in 97 and 98. You're thinking about the Hall of Famer of what made him what it is. So he forever gets to live off of that. Um, so that doesn't really, you know, that doesn't matter. It's just, you know, I, I think a lot of people, as we're trying to book over, I think a lot of people would have preferred, okay, you're going to have Cross come to Raw. Let Karrion Cross come to Raw do the old-fashioned squash a bunch of people for a couple of weeks, keep saying tick-tock, tick-tock, and then have somebody show up and say who's next and have a cross who's undefeated through NXT up against a, you know, a guy who made his big career being undefeated. And, you know, I, I think people would have popped more for that. But, again, yeah. you know, Vin, yeah. as, as we'll get to with cross, Vince, NXT doesn't matter. You, you have to reprove yourself. So Vince is not looking at cross and Goldberg as a main event box office. Yeah. Well, and uh, and speaking of guys that uh, have come from NXT, and real quick, the reason why I was saying Cedric um, is just because it would be something different for Goldberg, you know, like an AJ Styles, where you could actually get not do the two minute matches with just a bunch of big moves, a bunch of spears and finishers, and then that's it. You could probably get five to seven minutes, you know, and get more out of it. Um, so, yeah, but I do think I like that carrying cross idea. That would have been cool. Yeah, there's a, many things that would have been very cool with Karen Cross. <laughs> well, it could have uh, been. But I, I do want to make sure we don't gloss over Keith Lee. Uh, Mr. Meowpuss says, uh, Keith Lee going over would have been better. Uh, I'm a huge Keith Lee fan. I also like Bobby Lashley. I was a little bit torn in, in general. Uh, but Stellar Justin Lopez adds, uh, I didn't agree with bringing Lee back here when you have to keep Lashley looking strong for Oldberg at SummerSlam. I think that's probably the the popular opinion. And King Rail says Goldberg in the ring is like vaping, big clouds and no impact. Uh, so uh, hold on one second. There was one more up uh, here. Okay. Oh, you already said it. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Mister Mister Meowpus. Oh, and uh, Mike says Raj a win over Goldberg for Lashley is huge. Agree? Maybe five years ago. Now so many people have beaten Goldberg. I don't think it matters. And I, I just don't think there's an intrigue in seeing Goldberg chasing for the title anymore. I think he's someone, you know, a lot of fans like to see. He, he's reminiscent of that era. Just do something different with him and, get you know, get him out of that top mix. He doesn't need to be there. I don't think he's adding um, pay-per-view buys or, or selling extra tickets by being in the title picture. Yeah, it's there is a little bit of now when he wrestles, it's kind of like we just – hope he doesn't win for the wrong reasons no jack uh, it, it, no, when we watch him wrestle we hope he doesn't kill somebody i mean you know, i mean you know out of taker's words himself one one inch to the wrong direction and the dead man's paralyzed well to to in goldberg's defense that match should have been stopped when it was clear he was concussed what well, um, yeah well in goldberg's defense he headbutted himself off the door no he but he got concussed from the the post it starts before that when he's banging himself on the head at the, in the, in the locker. He's, he's been doing that forever. It was the yeah. post. <laughs> he knows how to headbutt a unless, steel door, Justin. Unless those doors in Saudi Arabia are just extra super strong. Yeah. Of course they are. You haven't heard about the doors in Saudi Arabia? It could be. <laughs> Touche. Uh, well, uh, so Keith Lee came back. Uh, he he. I thought he had a de pretty decent fight against uh, Bobby Lashley, but he did get the loss. Uh, Raj, my question here is: Lee comes back, he loses, uh, but is there very decisive too? It was kind of a short match, and um, it wasn't like there was ever that threat that Keith Lee was going to get the win. 
Well, that was my my question was basically going to be, do you think that this is something that he loses, but it's like, hey, he hung in there with the champ a little bit. Maybe there's something to take away from it. Or is this just a, a bad look at things to come for Keith Lee? It doesn't look like they have big plans for him. You know, you, you never know. Again, WWE, they get in this 50-50 mentality. Maybe Keith Lee gets a win next week. But again, when someone's been gone for a long time, just when you're writing a story, give them a win. Uh, you get them that momentum. Fan, fans are happy to see him. And just to deflate that right away by beating him, unless, you know, unless, I, I don't know. It just it just seemed very odd to to beat him like that. Yeah, I I love him. I wish he I would have wanted him to win something today too. So I agree with that. Justin, any thoughts on uh, Keith Lee? Uh, yeah, it's a waste of a, of a of a return. Um, yeah, it was decisive. I mean, which Bobby, mind you, Bobby Lashley, whoever answered the challenge tonight, Bobby Lashley, the way he beat Kofi last night, a former world champion, Bobby needed to be decisive on whoever answered this open challenge. So that is correct. But the person answered yes. the challenge. Of the return shouldn't be Keith Lee in that regard. I, actually I, thought, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just convinced, unfortunately, uh, that, and again, this, that's the theme tonight. There's a separation of NXT and, and what you did there, what it matters. Uh, I'm convinced, whether it's Vince or somebody, I, that they just look at Keith Lee as this is a guy who just has a too fat of a look. He's not the look we want. We do, we just do, we're not behind him, unfortunately. Which is a shame. I feel personally, I think he's a game changer kind of person. I think he's someone who looks different, acts different, can do different things. He's someone that you can't. I don't think you can find him or train him anywhere. You know, you can't just pull someone out and say, "Hey, I'm going to train you to do the same things Keith Lee does," so, so we can have that. You know what I mean? And his last match that he was scheduled for was ironically supposed to be taking the the U.S. title off of Bobby Lashley. Because if you remember, it was uh, Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee, and Riddle in a triple threat. And Lee was supposed to be pinning Riddle to get the U.S. title. And it just looked tonight like they have no plans for him. And, and that's that's a shame. Because he's he's a talent. And uh, to your point, what you just said, he's he's different. And different can be good. Not everyone needs to be. When you've got only your Roman Lashley carrying cross, your dominant heels, you have no baby faces that are credible against them because you've beaten half of them half the time. So, yeah. yeah. I go back to that to the Rumble before the pandemic. The Rumble where Brock was on that run, just standing in the mm-hmm. ring, and then Keith Lee comes out. And yeah. Brock, just with the mouthing of his lips, yeah. made Keith yeah. Lee that much more interesting. And, and if you were in the crowd and you didn't know who Keith Lee was because you're not familiar with NXT, if you, it, whether in the crowd or at home, if you see Brock's lips and he goes, look at this big effort like, <laughs> yeah. right there, that makes you go, okay, Keith Lee matters. Yeah, the, yeah that's, that was interesting. That's someone I got to keep my eye on. I mean, not to mention the run through Survivor Series and all that other stuff they were doing, but yeah. I don't get it. I don't know what happened there or why that happened uh, or why he's not a huge star right now, but I don't know. We'll see. Jax in the chat says, Goldberg should have came out. I'm back and I'm looking for a fight. Keith Lee returns. They set up a feud. Lee over Goldberg. SummerSlam, the end. I would have liked that too. I think that would have been great. Yeah. The only thing with Cross, you know, just the thing with Justin's idea is that Cross is a heel. So having the, you know, Goldberg against a heel because I think the fans would, there's a good chance they're naturally going to be for Goldberg. But. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, Jonathan Clayton in the chat says Undertaker never had to come back in the title picture. And we watched him and cheered based off nostalgia. They could do the same with Goldberg. Um, you're probably right. I feel like it's a little unfair to compare anyone to the Undertaker. That's a little, but they little different. It. But you're, I, get, I get the point and you're probably right. 
And they they did do it right once with Goldberg, and they had him. I think it was a SummerSlam. It was like Goldberg versus Dolph. Like that was a perfect yeah. kind of like. Okay, yeah. See the see the Goldberg dog and pony show. Have a Dolph Ziggler be you know the antagonist. Dolph sells like crazy, but it wasn't it wasn't occupying a key right. main event top spot. Yeah, if you go back and watch that Goldberg versus Dolph match, it was I mean it was nothing. It was a bunch of spears, but the fans loved it. And to Justin's point, it wasn't taking a top spot, and so yeah. it's like everyone was everyone was happy. And then uh, Brian Outen says, guys, Drew M. Seen hitting the, a chair that many times. Don't you think his back would be broken? Was that chair fake? Also, what's next for Edge? Uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get yeah, to that. Well, that, one, that one's coming up, yeah. Um, and uh, last of all, before we get into the next thing, we have Krona uh, Shaw saying, so who can't wait for Friday, LOL. Uh, Friday SmackDown has been pretty good. I, they've been good. They've been pretty good. So I'm excited for that as well. But um, yeah, it was more again the booking decisions tonight kind of killed the show for me. And SmackDown that didn't happen. SmackDown the booking made sense. Well, speaking of booking making sense, Karrion Cross came out as about as underwhelming of a debut as you could ask for. No Scarlet entrance. Uh, the entrance was stripped down. Uh, he loses to Jeff Hardy fairly quickly. Uh, and this is one that just baffled me as to why this happened in this episode. Uh, Justin, I'm going to start with you here. I know it's easy to just say they don't get NXT or they're throwing it away, but if you're trying to find out what they were looking for with this whole thing with Karrion Cross, what do you think was really happening here? I think what's really happening is, again, Half the people, and half might be generous, half the people that are watching Raw, half of them watch NXT. Probably less. And, yeah, that's why it's not being generous. Yeah. But I'll just say half yeah. for the sake of it. Uh, you know, and they tried to, sh- and, you know, they, they, they didn't announce that Cross was going to be here until 9.30 in the show. So the hour and a half into the show, they announced that Cross is going to have his debut. This wasn't built up to it, so who knows when they, when they actually decided it in real time. They tried to show some video packages to do some quick education. But as you could even see... You know, he's got the cool music. He's making the entrance. The entrance, yes, looks different because it's timed differently in the NXT smaller Capital Wrestling Center than the American Airlines Arena, longer to walk. So the timing and everything's different. All the music cues. But you can hear. There's not The, the crowd wasn't popping because, again, a lot of the crowd doesn't know who he is or they're not really familiar. So, unfortunately, in Vince's mind, it's it's half the audience doesn't know who he is. What he's done in NXT, that undefeated streak, half, and like Raj said, probably more, are not invested or aware of this undefeated streak. And so to Vince's mind of, okay, what's going to be him valuable right now on Raw? Let's put him up against a veteran babyface. Veteran babyface, you know, does the veteran thing, is able to roll him up and get a quick one, two, three win. And then now Cross cuts a promo. He wants vengeance. You just made your biggest mistake, Hardy. And to Vince and Raw, that's it. That's how we're going to get heat on this heel. Cross and NXT is a cool heel he's not even a face he's just that middle of the ground awesome entrance great display that doesn't exist in the raw especially if you're a brand new guy you have to earn your credibility to be the cool heel and the you know brock gets to be that because he's brock freaking lesnar carrying cross doesn't get to be that while those of us who watch nxt love it and are vested in it to vince and raw rightly or wrongly that doesn't get to happen you have to reprove yourself for it to matter and that's exactly what we had happen here tonight I was I, I was pretty shocked with this one. Just from it's bad storytelling from in in the first place. But earlier in the night, you know, they had a carrying carrying cross video thing, and at first I thought it was gonna, it was just going to be a vignette like coming soon carrying cross, and then they're like he's debuting tonight. 
but he would have been someone perfect where you have the video packages each week and, and you know, kind of build to his debut. Just the way you've done it so many times in the past for your, you, you did it for Drew. You've done it for, uh, you've, you've, you've done it. Oh gosh, Braun Strowman, uh, Nia Jax. You just have him squash people for a few weeks. Have Jeff Hardy get Ryback wins. Did, Ryback did it for a year against three people at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm saying, three weeks because I don't have faith that they'll they they can commit to stuff like this anymore. But you know, just give give him some momentum. Um, and and again, I think beating him just like that, your loyal base that is the NXT audience. I mean, that loyal audience. I bet a lot more of them watch Raw than the other way around, and. For them to see this guy who's been destroying all the top guys in NXT for the past year and just loses in three minutes to Jeff Hardy, it's kind of a, you know, I I know Vince probably doesn't care, but it's a slap in the face for that brand, too. And this is, you know, a brand that could get you more television rights money, you know, in the future. And and Vince just does not seem to want to, you know, get that brand past a certain level. Well, imagine what Triple H is thinking now. Because, again, it seems like this is definitely a decision that was made like today. It doesn't seem like this was something that was uh, no. in the plan. So now Triple H has to go into NXT tomorrow, continue with this stuff with Cross and Joe, and now he's got to – you know, how, how do you pivot? And you, now you got to deal with the fact that he's got this whole separate story of Cross yeah. who just got rolled up after <laughs> being protected for a year and a half. He gets rolled up by Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Who and has he, not been protected for the past year and a half in any way, shape, or form? It's not like Jeff. No, Hardy's he's been, been like, He's been losing on main event, right? <laughs> uh, so it's not like he's been on the come up and just like really like, oh, this is a big veteran push for Jeff Hardy. In fact, him being on the show is a little bit of like a, oh, Jeff Hardy's going to be on tonight, right? Uh, it's there was there's actually a lot of of sort of in my opinion slap in the face to NXT tonight. Not only. Because at first I thought maybe what they're doing with Karen Cross is they're stripping all this stuff away. They're taking, they're having him lose because they're trying to see if he has the it factor without all this stuff propping him up, without being undefeated, without crushing people, without the big entrance, without Scarlet. What is he without that? But I thought if he, they're doing that, why is he walking out with the NXT title? They should take that away too. And then also what happened tonight that I thought was a bit of a slap in the face is multiple times talking about Charlotte Flair's title reigns they omitted any NXT wins as championships, which I believe they used to include when they were talking about how many title uh, wins. You know, but they've she's... always they've always excluded those. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. I thought they were they counted those in, but it just even well, with Drew I... they do that when, with his you know world title wins. They don't mention NXT. But but well, I guess with her actually counting them out, and then Corey Graves also counting them out, the Divas Championships, the Raw Championship, the SmackDown Championships, you would think that they would, especially since she just recently won it against Rhea Ripley, who she's uh, having a feud with, they would have mentioned it there as well. But it felt very much like, eh, that's that doesn't even count. That's yeah, that's not, not a world championship. Yeah, which I don't know. It just, the whole thing felt very tonight felt like a bad night for NXT in. in and I try to be protective of that, but it is hard not to admit that this is a bad night for NXT. And and also, I think if you were looking back a year ago, if you're picking two guys who you think could probably do well on the main roster just because they like the size on the main roster and everything, um, you know, if I'm picking three, it's carrying Cross, Keith Lee, and Adam Cole. But Adam Cole is not near the given just because of his size. Mm-hmm. But Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, they have the size. They have, 
you know, Keith Lee has a unique charisma. They have the things that are more likely to get them over than anyone else. And we've seen Keith Lee. And now, Karrion Cross. it's obviously way too early to write him off. You would think the storyline is that he gets to, he's going to work with Jeff Hardy for a while. I hope they don't just keep trading wins. He should start beating Jeff. Um, but when Baron, Baron Corbin came in, it was kind of the same situation where he got put in a feud with Dolph Ziggler. Everyone assumed he that was just to get him ready. He was going to win that feud, and he actually lost. He lost his first match with Dolph and then got beaten by him a bunch of times after that. So... There's no, there's no guarantee that this is leading to uh, dominant wins for Karrion Cross coming forward. There's no guarantee. Yeah, you're right. There is no guarantee to that. And I, I for the record, again, I disagree with the choice of them having Cross debut tonight on Raw be the way it was. I'm trying to make sense of it by my explanation of you know what portion mm-hmm. watches NXT and what have you. But I will say this: something to give us a little bit of hope. People went up, and it was a trending thing five, six years ago. When Charlotte was still in NXT and she was an NXT Women's Champion, she made an appearance on Raw and she had a match against Natalya and she lost to Natalya. And the sky was falling that night on social media that Charlotte Flair, before she became hated by all the. the poor Charlotte Flair. That Charlotte, poor Charlotte Flair came on as NXT Champion of Raw and lost to Natty. And we thought. Or, well, we didn't, but, they, but the sky was yeah. falling on Twitter that they've killed her. She's dead in the water. It's gone. And here we are, five or six years. So I, that's I'm putting that out there to say it, this doesn't. It's not the death sentence. It is just the head scratcher of especially because Cross was Cross was even more protected than Charlotte was. Oh, by so he, he's he him and Roman are the only two guys that haven't lost a match. Uh, you know, in the last two yeah. years or whatever it is, yeah, um, or a year and a half. And, and Charlotte, you know, that wasn't her call up. Uh, you know, when it happened, it wasn't her debut. It's it's a head scratcher. Again, have him beat some guys. If you want to start your Jeff Hardy feud that way, fine. Just have him get some wins to introduce him to the audience first before you're doing that. Yeah, because otherwise, I thought that's what made his promo afterwards seem so flat. He's like, oh, that's the worst mistake he ever made. I'm thinking, you just lost. Why is that a big mistake? He's just going to beat you up again. Right. <laughs> you, you look like a doofus, you know. When right. You're, yeah. Like, could you imagine in UFC someone losing and then going, him beating me? That's the biggest mistake he ever made. <laughs> and that's okay. and, and that's the Vince of we got to make we got to establish this guy as a heel. He's a bad guy who he's just going to ignore <laughs> the fact that he, he he can't go with the fact that this guy is just you have to earn that right to be that cool heel. Yeah. This is weird because they're not doing that with Jackson Riker. You <laughs> <laughs> haven't gotten to yet. Jackson yeah, Riker's. I don't. I, I don't think Jackson Riker's on the heel side of the fence there, right? No, no. That's, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, stellar. Justin Lopez says it's been two hours. And I'm still in disbelief that Cross lost his debut. The finish, Jeff Hardy, a super babyface using the ropes, makes zero sense. Sounds like we all agree on that. And then um, I think we fell behind here. And then Party Up Gaming says, "Good job, Cross, putting over the new guy. Way to go, champ." <laughs> Hey, you know, doing we're doing the doing his uh, best for the company. Hey, I, I you know, I I didn't when when I saw it was cross against Jeff Hardy, I didn't want Jeff Hardy in there either in that match either, just because Jeff Hardy's back to using his old theme. I'm like, give Jeff Hardy, you know, this is your first match back with fans. I assumed Jeff Hardy was getting squashed, obviously at that point. And I'm like, man, he should be in. Give you know Jeff Hardy a win over someone, a feel good moment, someone like an Angel Garza who's not being used. And uh, it just leaves the fans happy. But they went yeah. complete opposite way, which made even less sense. 
Yeah, they had a, they have a ton of people they can put in those spots. Like Gulak is always the guy I go to. I mean, he'd be great. He's great for those things. Yeah. Uh, King yeah. Rail King Rail says Fandango got a better debut than Cross. Um, and was, then sorry, uh, I missed that. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah. And then uh, Keith Robinson says Ross seemed like it was booked as if the live crowd hasn't watched WWE since the pandemic. Uh, sounds fair. Uh, and then we have. Did, there's more. Ross, sorry, playing a little catch up here. Stellar Justin Lopez says Jack is right. They counted Charlotte's NXT title reigns when she was champion in NXT, referring to her as a 12-time champ, and they were omitted tonight. I could swear, yeah, I, I could swear there was a time when they were. She was well, closer to Ric Flair's number than she well, was in an NXT. That's different. Well, uh, and that would that would line up if Vince just had the NXT World Champion beaten two minutes with feet on the ropes. So why? Yeah. Acknowledge that as wins for legacy. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> and then uh, we got Nate Erickson saying, because Cena, the last megastar is back, can you think of any other mainstream megastars besides Hogan, Stone Cold Rock, Cena, Piper, and Batista close? Uh, or close. Um, I mean, cl- no one's close to Cena. I mean, he's one of the, the, the all-time guys. Uh, I don't know if anyone is... I mean, a, Roman a, might be that guy in the future where he, he comes in here and there. I, I don't, you know... Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, just as far as guys who in the future will be part-timers that are still getting the top spots, that their returns mean something. You know, um, yeah, I can see Roman, Randy Orton there, but yeah. n- n- they're obviously they're not close to Cena. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll, I don't know. I feel like every, we always think that there's no future stars, but then here we are. We have guys like Reigns and to your point, Orton and Edge just came back. I don't know. They they're always going to have stars. We, Seth we, Rollins. Yeah, someday. Yeah, he'll be that guy. Yeah, it's it. They'll be fine. Um, speaking of stars coming back though, Jinder Mahal came out and uh, cut a promo. Remember, this is a rivalry that started because Drew McIntyre didn't text him back. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Drew Drew just beats the crap out of these guys with a steel chair like nobody's business. I'll be honest. I kind of like this. I didn't like the setup. I feel like they overthought it. But at the end of the day, I like getting to see Drew McIntyre being a Terminator again, just crushing these guys. And it's not this big production of the world title scene. It's just him being a Terminator again. I think I enjoyed it. I feel like the crowd enjoyed it. Uh, what say you, Raj? That looked brutal to me. Uh, the beatdown he gave Shanky, the 20 chair shots. I mean, that's, I mean, these are real chairs. And uh, it looked brutal. Yeah. It, uh, to me, it looked like the office was sending a message or he was being punished by the office because that's, that's what they do in the past. You know, remember when JTG complained about money and then they had him just get absolutely destroyed by Ryback? He complained about money online on social media and then he got destroyed by Ryback. But that's the kind of stuff they used to do. And that's kind of it looked like Shanky was being punished. And um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of, you know, beatings that brutal um, because, you know, you could you could really hurt somebody with those. I mean, he was going full force. Yeah. So. Oh, he still feels it right now for sure. Uh, yeah. Justin, how did you feel about all this? I mean, it was yeah, it's an intense twenty chair shot. It's a real chair, but it was out of place. This just feel this whole thing feels forced and manufactured. You know, yeah, it starts over a text. You know, I joked last week with Alfred. If you went to WWE Shop, the front page of the shop was Drew McIntyre in the in the motorcycle 
Like they like they turn this whole thing into like a merchandise. Like I, I don't know, just this whole thing feels forced. And like we already got Drew and Gender on Raw preemptively a few weeks ago, which was a mistake. This just feels forced. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I I feel bad for Drew. Drew McIntyre is on that rise, has a big moment, eliminates Brock Lesnar, wins the Rumble, one of the last great shows with fans, and then pandemic hits. He's the guy who has to carry us through this empty arena uh, era. You know, lo- no longer champion. We're back in front of fans, and now we're back in front of fans, and it looked like he's just in this just forced mid cards. I like I just he just missed. He just completely missed everything yeah you know the missing the text one of the best wwf storylines started over a missed phone call you guys know which one i'm talking about no which one mr wonderful paul orndorff and hulk hogan hulk hogan yeah Yeah. and it that was the biggest uh one the biggest house uh house show drawing feud actually it might have been their second run but uh yeah, yeah, I remember they had the the missed phone call, and Orndorff was pissed about it. I mean, it, sometimes it's rough getting there, but you get to you can get to a good rivalry off of something silly. This one it felt a little overthought because they have a history. But at the end of the day, I just like seeing that Drew has something to do that isn't the world title. That's what I'm happy about. Uh, it feels a little bit like I kind of wish they kept him just would take him off TV for a minute and let him come back after letting us miss him for a while but i wonder if they felt like they needed to get him vicious again because he got he he did get booed last night at money in the bank you know when he did the backstage thing and when he started doing the story time stuff the fans were booing it and i wonder if they just said okay we need to stop with the comedy the cute stuff and and get him back into being a killer yeah i that's what i liked him as is the kill i I wasn't a big fan of the storytelling stuff but Yeah, I don't know yeah. anyone who was that was like, oh, sweet, another history lesson. <laughs> it's it's bad. I like Drew. I like Drew's music, the drums and the bagpipes. But I now associate when I hear his music, I, I think Thunderdome. I associate this past mm-hmm. year and a half of just this going through the motions. We want to get out of this terrible era in life. I associate it with his music because his music is what I heard the most, which is a terrible. Like there's such a there needs to be yeah there needs to be a break. Something needs to happen. Yeah. The uh, the draft is it, it was it moved to October? Did I yeah. understand? So I, that's a little ways away. I was gonna say if it was still in August, I'd say he, they just keep him off until he's drafted again or something. But um, yeah, the it draft is really not weird. is uh, October. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think it got yeah. pushed back. Yeah, yeah, and which is when they've been doing it because that's the start of the new Fox season. Uh, usually when they do the new uh, start of the SmackDown season, so that. that, that in that sense, it makes sense, but the thing that sucks is then you got Survivor Series a few weeks later, which is brand versus brand, and you can't. There's no rivalry there because all the guys were just on the other brand. So, right. This know. new team I'm on, I will die for. Right. I, <laughs> I've been here for a week, but <laughs> it's my heart and soul. Uh, speaking of heart and soul, we saw Sheamus take on Humberto Carrillo again uh, <laughs> earlier in the night. Sheamus asks the general managers. Why do I have to face this guy again? And I thought that was a very fair question. But uh, we get the match, and uh, it looks like Carrillo loses. Well, he doesn't look like he actually did lose. But the story here isn't even these two guys having the match. The story is that Damian Priest is watching on, and that's the match we want. Damian Priest versus Sheamus, looking like maybe that's going to be the SummerSlam thing. Uh, Justin, uh, any, any feedback on this match or where it looks like they're going? I'm all for Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the U.S. title. 
Uh, I think Damian Priest will, you know, could likely win it. I think he's on that old-fashioned mid-card to the world title. In the old days, it was 18 months. You got the Intercontinental title, you were 18 months outside of world title picture. Things move much faster today, so if he wins U.S. title in August, he could be certainly a viable contender to, to win Rumble if things keep moving the way they've been moving for Priest. Uh, but, yeah, Seamus versus Humberto Carrillo. Seen it a bunch of times, couldn't give a damn about Humberto Carrillo. Yeah, my, my mind kind of turned off when it was on. Did they mention Damian Priest on commentary during this match? Well, they, they did the thing where he's... Okay, they did show yeah. the monitor. Okay, I missed him because I was like, oh, it seemed, I hope they didn't drop that because they, they, they seemed like they were going that way last week. Um, yeah, I think Damian Priest needs that win. I think it it uh, he needs to get to that next level. So, And he, he's got, again, he's got the look, charisma, all that. Uh, SummerSlam seems like the perfect spot, you know, they can't go too long for SummerSlam because they're supposed to be out of there so people can get to the, the Pacquiao fight. So it's probably only going to be like six or seven matches on that show. Um, yeah. And we already know three for sure. I'm guessing we're going to see Jinder and Drew. Um, well, so that's Gold- four. A, a Goldberg match is less than five minutes. So that's that's easy. That, yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that counts as a half a match. It really Ash, If she'll be champion by then. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I think that'll be a good matchup. And look, to Umberto Carrillo's defense, if this wasn't a match we'd seen a million times, I thought he did a great job. I think he's great for these kind of things. There's a guy challenging someone like Sheamus, put on a great match, Sheamus wins, but it looks like he had a match. You know, I think he's great. He's great to have on TV. This is just one that we've seen too many times at this point. Um, Another thing that happened tonight, uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler teamed up to take on Natalia and Tamina. They lose when Reginald tries to make an, do some interference, and it fails. Baszler blames him, and Nia Jax backs him up and takes out Reginald, and then Reginald wins the 24-7 title. That kind of sums it up. I don't know if you guys have anything you want. Uh, I guess uh, it looks like Shayna, and ba- Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax are going to keep on going for the titles uh, again, and it uh, looks like we're going to see everyone chasing around a guy who can flip over them. So... I don't know any any feedback or thoughts from uh, you know Justin. We'll start with you. Any any takeaways from this one? I mean, it was a breakout little moment for Reginald. He wins the twenty four seven title. He's doing. He, he had the crowd oohing and on with the flips and stuff he did. So uh, I guess I you know I thought that, again this is the big reset. I thought maybe we would just forget the twenty four seven title existed, but nope, we're gonna keep on going. Well, that's still around. I, you know, I, I get a kick out of Reginald's stuff, like when he's doing his moves and stuff. Not when he's getting screwing up in a match or, or you know getting bullied by uh, Shayna, but when he actually gets to do stuff, he, he's I mean he's pretty phenomenal. The stuff he can he can do. So I thought that 30, 45 second match or whatever he had with Tozawa was actually kind of entertaining. Uh, so yeah, I, I I thought that was pretty good. Shayna Baszler has Nia Jax ever taken the pin when they've lost as a tag team? I feel like she just is beaten all the time. Yeah, I think she always because I was thinking, that was what I was thinking at first because the way it played out, she blamed Reginald, but it kind of looked like her fault in the match too. The way everything sort of looked on TV, I thought they were going to blame her for the losses and they were going to split up tonight. Maybe they were just trying to shake things up and surprise us, but yeah, she always takes the loss. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because she's another one that, much like Karrion Cross or others, just awesome on NXT, but now is what she is. Uh, speaking of it is what it is, we get Elias versus Riker, the match we've all been waiting for, Symphony of Destruction match. Um, 
I, this has to be the end of this this rivalry, uh, right, Justin? I mean, you'd think this was. I mean, you know, Elias is bleeding. This was pretty intense and violent. It was kind of weird, though. They didn't even announce that this was the, the that the gimmick was the Symphony of Destruction until Riker was coming to the ring. Right. You know, they, they teased a segment before they were going to have this match, so that was kind of odd that way. But yeah, this was definitely a blow off. We're done. But Riker gets the win, and I mean, by all accounts, it looks like they they have a plan for a babyface Riker. Well, that, that leads me to the next question, and, and Raj, we'll pass it to you. What's next for Riker? What do you think? Like, what does he do after this? I, I mean, I have no faith that him and Elias are done. I, I, I could see uh, another gimmick match uh, the next time they face off. Man, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Riker to me comes off as like a natural heel. He, he just doesn't mm-hmm. have babyface charisma, in my opinion. He's got a legit background with the, you know, uh, his service and everything. But they, they hardly they mentioned it. But it's not like they show, you know, do a video package from photos or or have him talking about it seriously. And so with this Riker, I just don't see him. And look, this was kind of where the crowd died. I mean, they yeah. did come back towards the end of the match, but this was the third match. I mean, this was the second match on the show. Mm-hmm. It was Cena, and then uh, yeah, so yeah, second match. Yeah. And so, so they killed off the crowd in the second match. I mean, that and this is the first time they've had a crowd for Raw in you know uh, seventy weeks. So I don't know. I, I don't see him. You know, on, on many pay per view main cards. I'll just put it that way. The way it's positioned, too, I also don't understand why I'm supposed to be cheering for him in this because it seems like, and they've done this before, but it seems like Elias is like moved on and he's ready to go do different things and Riker keeps wanting to fight him. It makes me think Elias was right. Riker's crazy. He should he should have gotten away from him. He's dangerous. Like I, The whole time I'm watching, it's like, you're right, Elias. This guy won't. This guy's crazy. He won't leave you alone. Yeah, he kind of said he was going to murder him before the match when he said you'll never <laughs> say hi. Uh, whatever his catchphrase. Like, God, it's getting late. I'm still jet-lagged. But, uh, yeah, when he, he said he, he'll never say his catchphrase again. Um, it's kind of scary when he says it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like especially after the crowd cheered with him when he said it like the crowd was totally into a walk with Elias and he said, you'll never say that again. It was like, oh, that's <laughs> not, not good timing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of the show. The only thing else, uh, I guess, to, to lean on here is uh, Mansur and uh, Ali look like they're going to be another odd couple tag team. Any uh, any feedback on that before we wrap up? Either of you? They'll, I don't they'll know. Win, they'll win the tag titles in a Saudi show. It, it gets them on TV, I guess. Um, but, you know, the tag team division is just so... Uh, there's so little planning in it. Mason T-Bar losing to the Lucha House party one week. They're no, not, Neither of them are on TV the next. It's just... It, it's just a mess. Yeah, I I agree. I don't really. It's hard to really judge, but uh, it gets them on TV, and that's good because I like them. So it's good in that regard. Um, that does it for this show. Um, I, again, I think I think you nailed it in the beginning, Justin. Very captivating episode. Very strong opinion episode. Uh, high highs and low lows. Uh, anything you guys want to add before we wrap up? No, not really. I think we. Kind of covered it. Um, SummerSlam's coming up. I hope uh, SmackDown's a much more uh, logical show. <laughs> yeah. I, I have faith that it will be. 
Um, but Raw, man, this is not this was not a good start in a lot of ways as far as illogical booking, uh, repeating matches. It's just a lot of the stuff we've seen before and the playground. So and it and it should be, but this will be the best overall average Raw viewership in a long time. I, this will definitely clear two million. Um, you know, last night for Money in the Bank, I thought it could be as good as 2.7. When we, and we found out live on that show that Cena would start off after watching this one, the average, I don't know if it's gonna be 2.7, but it'll definitely clear 2 million. Um, you think the overall average, I do, yeah, I think it'll clear 2 million tonight. I could see yeah. them going under, I could see that probably the first hour doing over two, and then it's it's under because SmackDown did 2.3, and that, uh, and that's on network. That's on Fox. I mean, this did have Cena advertised, but I don't know. I did the rest of the show didn't just didn't feel hot. They didn't advertise that Goldberg was going to be there. So unless you're already tuning in, and it was pretty cold until that point. So we'll see. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing just under two overall, all three hours average. I'll say I, two. I'll say two point. I'm going to drop down. I'm going to go to two point four. Oh. I'm gonna say now. Nah, I'm not. An, I'm just guessing numbers here. Two point one. You're just saying your favorite numbers. Two point four one. Uh, two point four one. I'll go like Price is Right numbers. Two point four one. Zero for no. Uh, it's the. Um, I'm, I, I'm not really a ratings guy, but I do. I think that it'll be very interesting to see how it holds up over the course of the show. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see next week's and if it holds up. Uh, my thought is, and, and maybe my fear would be that the ratings are massive this week, and that makes them all go, "Oh, cross losing brings in ratings. Let's have them do it again, or something like that." Um, yeah, and 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 Justin, to your point, I I thought they were going to be definitely doing over two uh, before the show started, but uh, not by the end. We'll see. I, they, they should do over two. I mean, with with Cena and Goldberg on the same show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if your overall three-hour average viewership still falls under two million, and you and you had this many big bullets in the chamber, I mean, I can only imagine the frustration you start to then. Yeah, yeah, it, it gets tough after that. But what's nice is as these shows go on, this episode we're back every single Monday. Thank you, everyone, by the way, in the chat for joining along. Everyone listening along on the podcast or watching on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. Leave a comment subscribe share five star review all that good stuff but also as these shows come out throughout the week go ahead and check out the nxt after show on wrestling check out the AEW after show on wrestling check out the smackdown after show on wrestling and check out all the news that's on there it's in a great easy spot to find wrestling.com or at wrestling across social media all great stuff i think that does it for us fellas uh i'm jack he's justin he's raj Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week or on NXT tomorrow.